the following homily was given on the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception by Father Jordi Rivero to the Love Crucified community during their pilgrimage to Mexico. The words that we hear or read acquire meaning in us only by the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we end up giving those words our own meaning, which would be very short of what God actually wanted to reveal to us. So we have heard many times about Mary being the Immaculate Conception, but the Holy Spirit today wants to reveal to you and to me in a, at a greater depth what that means. What does it mean, Immaculate Conception? I cannot do it for you. The Holy Spirit will do it, but I can give you some promptings, some hints, because I myself am struggling, searching, praying to understand the meaning of Immaculate Conception. It would be presumptuous, a sin, for you or for me or for even the great theologian to think that we fully understand the mystery, because inasmuch as we are not the Immaculate Conception, and none of us is, we cannot fully understand it. But God wants us to understand it, because what Mary is, we are called to become, and in heaven all are immaculate, pure, without sin, fully in the Spirit. So in heaven we will be all immaculate, not from conception like Mary, but yes, immaculate. Mary was conceived without original sin, and we who were conceived with original sin are growing in immaculateness, in purity, in holiness, in this world. This is the, our mission. That's our purpose. And so we have to pray, how does this happen? And perhaps uh, for many in the church, they feel like, well, it has to do with the purity of virginity. Because Mary was a virgin. But that is not true. Conchita was so pure. She was not immaculate conceived, but she very much grew in immaculateness through her life. And whether a woman or a man is celibate or is called to marriage, we're all called the same to be holy. And this is a grace that has grown in the understanding of the church. Because once upon a time, it was considered that the perfect state was to be a priest or a religious. That's the perfect state. And nobody else could achieve that. But Conchita received from God the understanding that she was called to marriage have my children 
And that's what God really wanted from her. And that was going to be the way that she would please him the most. Because that was her vocation by God. Just like the religious pleases him the most by being a religious because that's her vocation. This came to a greater realization in the Second Vatican Council when he says, we're all called to perfection in holiness. We're all called to be great saints. And so, what is to be immaculate? It's a soul and mind that is all for God. That's what it is. It's a soul and mind that is focused on God. And so, there is no contamination. What is pure milk? Well, if something falls on it, you know, it contaminates it, right? So we want to be pure for God in whatever our vocation is. And everyone is called to this. This is our vocation. And Satan will do all he can to deny us that by implying that we are somehow already disqualified. That's the greatest lie. So, we see that the Church presents us the Gospel of the Annunciation for the day of the Immaculate Conception. And it really makes sense, because only an Immaculate Heart, an Immaculate Mind, can be so attentive to God as to receive the message of this. That just doesn't make sense otherwise. You have to be really open to the Spirit to listen to God and be wrapped up into your vocation. We always want to have it all. So we tend to dispersion. We want to be crucified, but we also want to keep our foot in something else and another thing. And, uh, you know, you cannot do that. So I think today the Lord is inviting us as we celebrate the Immaculate Conception to discover our identity. What is the difference between a group and a covenant community? In a group, we do things with common purpose, we're studying or working with our apostolates, wonderful things in themselves. But a covenant community, the word covenant means we have become one by together seeking the same vocation, the same way of life, the same vision. So that it becomes for us the fulfillment of our lives. Each in their own vocation. Some as priests, some as a married women, some single women or single men. But all living fully in this grace. 
And so if we are seeking this purity of intention and heart, we discern, is this really in the path that God has for me? Is this really uh, my vocation or is it just dissipating me? And I confess this has been for me through the years the challenge as the Lord purifies me that is calling me to this and I need to give myself with undivided heart to what I'm called to as a missionary of the cross. Now, I don't know if you know a little bit about the story of Conchita, but she had already gone to confession one morning, and she is on the tramway right here in the city of Mexico, and um, she feels the prompting of the Holy Spirit to get down because she passed by a church, and she wanted to go into the church and go to confession again. So she allowed the Spirit to move her. See, this is purity of heart. How can God do this if we're participating? But she went, and that's how she met Father Felix. Divine problems. Father Felix had just finished that day in Novena to the Holy Spirit, and he felt, because he was also a pure man, that God was going to call him. He was already a priest, he was already in a religious community, that God was going to really touch his life, and he was calling him in a new direction, and that he had to give himself and that day, he was open, thinking that God was going to fulfill this petition. He meets Conchita in the confessional. They start sharing and talking, and Conchita has the audacity to tell him, Father, you and I are going to found together a religious community. Just like that, the first day. Father Felix and the rest is history. <laughs> but it's a very difficult history because the brother of Father Felix was also a priest in the same community and he went to the provincial and said, you know, I see something going on between my brother and this lady of Chica. You better check this out. And planted this in the heart of the provincial. The provincial never investigated anything at all. He simply decided to ship them over back to France where Father Felix came from. But Felix, an obedient priest, he went and he did not know what God was doing because it seemed a contradiction to what God was doing, but he obeyed obedience. But the obedience did not take away his audacity and his faith, right? We have to learn that. It will not come to victory. So he went and he was sent to France for five years, for Barcelona for five years, and he did not know. Maybe it's like Abraham, right? He had to have faith. And he was like 99 years old, and oh, you're going to have so many sons and daughters yet, right? You know? God is, that's purity. Purity is to believe the impossible from God. Because we're focused on him, because we believe that he is truly guiding our lives. So after 10 years, Conchita, you see, they just don't sit back and do nothing. Conchita was being directed by Monsignor Ibarra, the Bishop of Puebla, 
and he had her ways, you know, to use her whole womanly capacities of enticement and conviction to touch the heart of Bishop Ibarra. And Bishop Ibarra asked the, the religious order to bring Felix back after 10 years of waiting. It didn't have to happen, but God made it happen. He arrives here to the Fort of Veracruz, and at the same time, the bishops were waiting to get in the boat and get out of here because the Cristero War had started, and they were persecuting priests and bishops to kill them. So they told them, are you crazy? Don't you know what's going on here in Mexico? What have you come here for? And he says, I come here to found a religious community. <laughs> you are nuts. He went from Veracruz directly to see Conchita and says, Conchita, I am here like in the first day, ready for the works of the cross. That's faith. That's purity. That's immaculate hearts. Not perfect yet, but pretty much in the way. If it was you and I, maybe we would have said, Oh no, this is dangerous. You know, I already got in trouble with her before. I don't know anything I have to be prudent. I have to be careful. And you see, the same things that Satan uses for destruction are the most sacred and beautiful for God that he uses for construction. And so often, we throw away the baby with the wash. I'm sorry, that's what I'm translating. <laughs> Um, but we we throw away the question. You know, have you noticed something? The two things that are most common to get people into the fall, what are they? Is the human body sexuality? And what else? Alcohol. And God made both of them into sacraments. The sacrament of marriage and the Eucharist, the holy, the wine that becomes his own blood. So are we going to throw away the body? Are we going to throw away human affection? Are we going to throw away the work of men and women together to build the kingdom? Are we going to say that wine is evil? But beware, the only way to bring everything into purity into the immaculateness that God wants, the only way is through the cross. And let's not kill ourselves. On our own, we would make a mess. And we're capable of that. And we have to be aware of that. But if we truly and honestly are seeking the Lord and we crucify ourselves, like St. Paul says, every day, not to stay dead, but to harness all our energy for God. Crucifying ourselves every day as victims of love so that the fire of the love of God of the cross may grow in us, we will be saints. And we will learn how to love in Christ. Now, if you look at the first reading from Genesis, it's very interesting today also that because that's the fall. And what happened after the fall is 
father goes after Adam and Eve. And you know, we're afraid of that. We, to this day, are afraid of God. We are afraid of facing the wounds. We are afraid of facing the sin. So we hear the steps of God in the garden and we hide. And by hiding, we stay in sin and we stay in the womb. Satan has convinced us that the Father is going to smite us, oppress us, because we be bad and start beat us up. So we don't want to see them. And so this whole story about being a victim soul, offering my life to him, no, no, no. Look, I'm going to be a good person. I will fulfill the law. I will stay between, you know, in the parameters of goodness. But don't call me to a complete surrender, a complete vulnerability, because I'm afraid of what God's going to do with me if I do that. You see? And what does that remind you of when you hear about the Lord coming to you and going to the womb and speaking about what's going on and the struggles that you're going through that is brought about in confession and what else? In accompaniment. And that's one of the crucial aspects of covenant community that people don't want to live fully. And without that, we cannot be community. The honest opening of heart in the journey of walking together and speaking about the wounds that led us into trouble and the need to go back there and touch them, which is a much more prolonged um, workout that you could possibly do in a confession. It's not either or. We need both. Because a company cannot forgive your sins. Only confession can do that. But confession cannot take the time and the process, and sometimes even not the know-how, of your life to work it out slowly, to go to the wounds, to, to have someone who really cares and loves you to accompany and walk with you in the journey. And so, we may be very happy with the community because we like to have friends and buddies and everything else, but that's not enough. Are we really willing to embrace fully this path? And trust. And that's something that I understand that doesn't come overnight. We have to learn to trust. You know, is goodness real? God speaking to her, and, uh, the Lord prophetically speaking to us about the way, you know, if you've been around for a while, you need to discern that. Always we discern, because we're rooted in the heart of the church, and the church is our central point of reference, right? But we have to be aware of as many voices will tell us otherwise. And 
make us insecure and rob us of our commitment, our identity. And when that happens, we need to speak about it honestly, because unless we speak about it and expose it, it's just going to get worse and worse. Any difficulties, any objections, any doubts, the more you hide them, the worse they'll get, the more you speak about them, the more clarity can come through. And so that's all the process of coming clean. You know? When we want to run away, like Adam and Eve, we will always blame somebody else. And we might always perhaps say, oh, we're leaving because now we're going to find ourselves just by ourselves with God. You know? I don't need a compliment, I don't need anything, I'm just going to enter like a contemplative life with God. What is that really? Because not even in the cloister monastery you can do that. No. In a cloister monastery, you have to be accountable also to the community and seek the truth about your life. So there's no hiding. You have to have brothers and sisters who want to go into holiness. And that is not always easy because we are not immaculate in sin. We have still, even though the sin has been forgiven, we do still have forgiveness. And so, Sooner or later, we all will have a desire to run away and hide. Or blame somebody else, you know, somebody else's fault. And uh, it's easy because, you know what? Somebody else is always around, that is also a sinner than I am. So Adam could blame Eve, not recognizing his own sin, but seeing very clearly the sin of Eve. Right? And Eve can blame the serpent. And if the serpent could, God knows she would have blamed. That, that was the end of the line there. So, finally, in the second reading today, the Lord is giving us through St. Paul in Ephesians the revelation that all of us are called to holiness. Separated from Ephesians. Blessed be God and Vitos Elias, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Him with all kinds of spiritual and celestial goods. That is purity. He has blessed us to be pure in receiving Him in our lives. He has chosen us. Do you believe this? Before the creation of the world, He chose you. He loves you personally that much. What for? So that you will be saints, irreproachable in His eyes. Because of His love. That's what He wanted through Jesus Christ, that we be His sons, before, so that we praise Him and glorify Him. The grace that He has favored us with, through Jesus Christ. 
He has made us inheritors, heirs. Us also, not only blessed Mother Mary. So, Mother Mary is not just away in heaven. She's right here. She's our mother. She's embracing us. She's saying, "My daughter, my son, refuse the lies of Satan that have disqualified you." You have been chosen, you have been called, you're not here by accident. And stop fighting, stop making excuses, and live the grace that you have received. 